0: a doctor when your pipes break you call a plumber and when you're ready to win you keep it right here for sports gaming strategies and information experts it's a thing the home of the winning edge. this is the sports grid radio network
1: Here we go. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. From the KSHP studios in Las Vegas, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. We got us a wonderful guest, our buddy Tony Neville from Treasure Islands in studio with us for this hour. Stevie, the Monday Night Football, they finally played a game that mattered at Allegiant Stadium. It was a wild, crazy, goofy football game. A lot of drama, a lot of boneheaded stuff happened in that game, but It's a funny-shaped object. You never know.
2: Yeah, that was kind of the big takeaway for me is that, I I don't know, neither team really looked all that in sync to me. So it'll be interesting to me how both teams respond. Even the Raiders off the win, uh, I I think, have have stuff to work on. Baltimore certainly has stuff to work on. I expect them to respond, but we will see what happens uh, next week with both these teams.
1: So Mr. Neville is here. Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar first question we'll get into the game Tony but a game that mattered for the Raiders turns out it's a Monday night so we'll still be asking you how this all shakes out when they play regular games on Sunday but what was the weekend like on the strip with the first regular season NFL game line
3: well it was great uh, Brian it was plenty of folks in town uh, had quite a few folks leave out on Sunday, but it was amazing how many more check-ins we had come in Sunday evening for the Monday game. And let me tell you, we had Ravens jerseys like crazy. It seemed like every drawing we had at the end of every quarter, uh, a Ravens jersey was picking up, whether it was the flag off the ships out front or a customary <laughs> jersey, something to take home with them. So everybody was excited. You know, it was a great crowd. we so had. Do you believe it, honestly, that – Yes, and it's the first one, so it's a one-off.
1: But as we get into a a rhythm with this, do you believe it was even bigger than what a Sunday thing would be, that it bled out that extra day?
3: Well, you know, I don't think it's going to be necessarily bigger. I think Sunday is going to be just blow the doors off all the locations because not only will you have them coming in to watch the game, but you're going to have everybody else that typically comes into town Sitting in there with them, especially for those folks that can't get the ticket. Now, I heard this was a pretty hot ticket uh, to get to go to the game. And, and, again, congratulations to the Raiders. But with with the uh, Labor Day weekend and, and the first week of NFL, it was uh, it was great. two great weekends back-to-back for the hotel and the casino. Because on top of it, we had a blackjack tournament there at the Treasure Island,
2: Brian. I, you know, as I was watching the game, Tony, I, I found this interesting. There were many times in which Carr is trying to get the crowd to quiet down so that his team can hear the signals. Right, and I'm thinking, okay, is that the shape of the stadium? That's that's causing you know, adding to the noise, um, or is it a lot of Baltimore people that were there that, that you know that are trying to help the Raiders out?
3: Well, I, I saw a few Baltimore jerseys in there. I saw a, a heck of a lot of silver and black, though. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I I know that on the newscast before the game started, I could see how many people were either getting off the buses or walking to the stadium from other properties, and it looked like those streets that were shut down were jammed with people. You know, so I I think it was good for everybody. But there's going to be a big learning curve with that new stadium over there. You know, for the players – uh, and, uh, of co- course, for the opposing teams, too, because there's going to be some nuances, whether it deals with the audio, whether it deals with the communication headsets uh, from upstairs to downstairs. So uh, we're going to see how much our team grows between now and the 1st of November playing at home.
2: I, I, I get the feeling that that thing holds sound pretty well just by the way it's configured.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of amazing. I, I wasn't so sure, though, that I could feel it coming through the TV yeah. as but- much as what I was watching they're trying to conduct the symphony
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just bizarre is, is all I can say I mean the crazy thing is after messing up the quarterback sneak thing at the goal line they got the turnover and I was part being facetious on Twitter but I was also part serious I said Kick the field goal on first down before you do something else stupid to yourself, and sure enough, he runs him out there on second down, and it was going to be a forty-two yarder. He was going to do it, and they took a delay of game that it was going to be a forty-seven yarder. So he comes back out, you know, to run a play, and then you know they throw the touchdown pass to Zay Jones. So an even crazier, you know, finish to the game.
2: Well, and on that play, two Ravens run into one another, and that's yeah. how Jones gets so wide open. Well, it looked like they were playing up. A- Ten-and-a-half men across the
3: field on that play, though. It was real weird well, they defensive were, no way, there. There was
1: no way they were looking for a pass there. They're, right. they're thinking they're going to run it into the line because they had messed up the five, tried to get the five yards back. Then they're going to you know, basically kick the field. In no way – I give them credit for that. There's no way they were looking for a
2: pass there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't either. As he's going back, going, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? And A lot of
3: surprises there, Steve. I mean, the play calling uh, had you question uh, what was going on, the the stops, the timeouts that were being called. The whole thing, uh, you know, you couldn't have scripted it any more confusing than what we watched last night.
1: Tony Nill's in studio with us, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget our friends at John Smith Subs on Mondays and Thursdays. Wear football gear in there, 9701 West Flamingo, and... You get 20% off your order. Oh, by the way, it's Tuesday. That means buy one sub, get one free. Any size sub all day long today at John Smith Subs. Coming back to Vegas, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network from the KSHB studios in Las Vegas.
0: Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? Neither do. If you want to win, you need four things: a strategy, a plan, information, and sports grid. Actually, come to think of it, you really only need sports grid. We're already giving you that other stuff. We just call it the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: Back to Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Tony Neville's with us from Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. Recapping basically the first full week of the NFL. Moving forward with college football. Mr. Neville is here. Does a great job with his power ratings. Um, One more time on the atmosphere for the weekend. Okay, so there's a Raiders home game. (laughs) That's like, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday. But now we're into full flight with morning, noon, and night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, football games on Saturday into the NFL weekend, was it massive? I mean, and do we continue to trend up that these are record-setting weekends from a handle perspective?
3: Oh, I got to believe that this year is going to blow the doors off of what we've done in the past. Just having the team here and being able to play the games in the stadium will set new numbers Uh Across the board, and of course, some of that's going to move the the Richter scale over to uh, future book wagering on the National Hockey League, uh, towards the college football, uh, pro football, go back and forth, and we'll get a little bit of the, the race play in there, too. So it's really good because it becomes an educational Situation, because we're getting a lot of new people, maybe that are coming from states, Brian, that don't have the uh, handheld devices or maybe a, a brick-and-mortar casino to walk into. It's going to be uh, extremely big this whole year. And, of course, when the Super Bowl comes around, uh, it's it's going to be unbelievable how many venues we may have to open to take care of the crowd.
2: It's, it's just growing exponentially. I mean, we have states now... That that are opening Louisiana uh, just open. What's going on in Canada? Where now you can wager on single games. Jersey, Colorado, I don't know Iowa. Right. So 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 all of those people now introduced to sports gambling. Then they want to come to the mecca, right, Tony? Exactly. And you know what? Uh, that's that's all great because a lot of people had a lot of
3: questions as to whether sports betting being legalized across. We'll say all 50 states, should it ever become unanimous, which it probably won't, whether that would hurt Las Vegas or help it. And, of course, with all the bookmakers that I had spoken to, uh, the majority of them felt it was only going to be great guns for everybody because now it's socially acceptable that there is no uh, black door that you have to go through in order to make a bet in the back room of some pool hall. So we're real happy with everything as as we move forward. And it's creating a lot of opportunities. I'm having a tough time maintaining my supervising staff, Brian. I mean, I got them going to these major corporations, uh, whether it's DraftKings or some of the other places here locally that are doing nationwide sports betting. So remember, you know, if you're out there and you're a great teller and you're looking for a job here in Las Vegas, put the application in at the TI because we're currently hiring. We need somebody to learn how to move the numbers.
1: I mean, we're not looking for a pat on the back, nor are you, but that's the, the one thing... I've always talked about great, this is all opening up and everything's going to be ballooning and it's going to become rhythmic and everybody's going to know what to do but all along I said, you know, when we're here the luxury we have when we're doing a show like this or somebody's looking to hire a supervisor you're selling Las Vegas I mean, Las Vegas has been doing this forever, I mean, you know what I'm saying I mean, you're in a fraternity when I moved here I'm over at LVSC, the odds-making firm that, you know, provides the opening number. Right before I got here in 2005, there were 90 properties. Then there was the consolidation with hubs and satellites. And it went down to around 31. But you know what I'm saying? So what you're doing, I mean, you are in, it's almost like an NFL coach thing. There's a real fraternity. Like we have Chuck Esposito on Jay Cornegay, Tony Miller Uh, Mike Lewis, the guys that are regulars on this show. Vinnie Maliulo was your son. You guys are your competitors, but it's a fraternity, and you value their opinions. You'll elicit their opinions. I mean, the properties are in competition, friendly competition, but it's a fraternity, and those years of
3: knowledge matter. They mean something. Well, let me give you a prime example. Sunday morning, we're about 15, 20 minutes before kickoff, and for the direct TV, signals are completely down. So I reach out to my buddy Chris Andrews, who's down there at the South Point. I said, you know, we're having a problem with direct TV. He says, well, you know, we're going with the same thing. But sure enough, once they went to the live feed from the stadium, all four of those signals popped up. But you know, when you go into it the first week of football, the last thing you want is the thought of, holy cow, we may have four games that we're not gonna be able to broadcast to our guest. Well, the funny thing is,
1: I had a Vulcan mind meld last night, total brain cramp, gets to halftime of the football game. I'm not thinking. You know, I I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. You just had the hip surgery a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, I'm possibly was thinking maybe you weren't at work, but I called you and it's halftime. And I mean, oh my God, I'm sorry, it's halftime. You're, you're busy. I mean, you gotta be putting numbers. Then we're sitting there talking what the second half number should be, what you're looking for, looking at what you need, you know, what other numbers are doing, who's betting where. I mean, you are literally, you know, in that instance, I mean, there's a real and here I am bothering you again, my apologies. But, I mean, there's a real reaction to what's going on in that 15- to 20-minute window. Well,
3: you know, as we're carrying on that conversation, Brian, I'm also going into ESPN. I'm looking at the statistics for the running backs and the quarterbacks. I've already done the due diligence. I know, and this is one of the lessons I learned this weekend, is we had massive parlay action going to both teams. So it really didn't matter. I wasn't going to be able to get out from under the parlay action because a lot of folks like the Raiders at four – or three and a half, and then a lot of the folks were betting here locally that the Raiders, you know, were going to take that number. And then the Ravens fans came in and they liked the three and a half. So we ended the game about four. Where some locations were three or three and a half. Brian. And I
1: think the second half total was 24 and a half. And, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but the sharps were, I believe, took the under, um, maybe in, in on the premise that they, you know, had the over for, uh, had bet the uh, over for the game and were coming back the other way.
3: Yeah, we got spanked on that, too. When we were talking, I think I re- replied to you, half the joints out there are using 24. The other half are using 24 and a half. And I think it kind of depended on where you were on those parlay cards or through your pr- critical parlays that were bet during the week as to which way you needed to shade that number. But so, we were on the wrong side. So, But when you're
1: in there and you're making this decision, because there is a human – see, I mean, that's the thing. Like with in-game wagering, a lot of this stuff is very algorithmic. Nice. Is that right? Look at that. Did that fit in the sentence? That, the, no, the, the score is this, and the numbers dictate that. But if you're watching the game, they fumbled three times inside the 10. You know, I mean, you still have to have a human touch to this stuff.
3: Yeah, and that's so a the variable you can never really pretend that you're going to guess is going to happen before the game kicks off.
1: But when you're sitting there looking at a second-half number like that, and you, obviously you have to massage – The numbers, what's best for your specific property, but when you're seeing something, and you're seeing how maybe the wagering is trending, you know there are times you have to, you know, stick your neck out and say I'm going to do this because I believe it's the right move. It may not be the right move, but you're going to be on the of the mindset it's going to be the right move way more often than it's not going to be the right move. And over the long haul, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you're going to be better off for it.
3: Yeah, absolutely, because 17, 18 weeks in a football season's a long time, but it's just like this weekend. You know, Saturday was okay for us, Sunday was pretty good, and last night uh, the players just really kicked us pretty hard over at the TI, but it, it could have been reversed or where Sunday was horrible for us and we our one big lollipop would have ended up being Monday night, but we never know going into it. That's why we're considered risk-takers and trying to balance this, these books is not as easy as a lot of people
2: perceive that it may be. Well, that's what I get all the time on the playoff games, especially with series prices in baseball or basketball. You know, a guy will come at me and go, Well, they made a mistake here. That number can't be that low. I said, You don't know the future money they already have, right? right. They've, they've got to price it that way to get back, you know, the money that they they already have leveraged. And you know, oh, by the way,
1: I mean, the Raiders with no timeouts, Tuggers – They got conservative. They knew they had Tucker, but they didn't take enough time off the clock. They got conservative. Raiders go down, kick the field goal, and it goes overtime, or that game's under. You know, I mean, it, it was from a betting perspective, it was a wild game. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We invite you to keep it right here. Sirius 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Prime Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. I love Tuesdays when Tony Neville joins us in the studio. Hey, our friends at Oasis last night had a great time. 49.55 South Decatur. The Monday Night Maniacs coming in for a long weekend. Check the Monday Night Football Party out over there. Always great fun. The great gaming promotions over at Oasis. 49.55 South Decatur. And Tilbur Herbstentown doing the $1,000 Raiders game day giveaway now. So when the Raiders are in action, you deadly want to be swinging by did you get Did you spin a wheel and win a coffee? Or
2: <clears throat> yeah, well, it was a soft drink this time, but yeah, same thing. You want a soft drink? Yeah, same deal. What's on the wheel, steve I, So uh, So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to fall on the $1,000, but it never happens for me. I, I keep getting drinks. And well, that's uh, not so bad. Yeah, and well, but I, I can get coffee and Coke myself. I can't just go grab a $1,000 off the street. Well, that was a good so, try. Yeah. So, I, I like that you feel you're owed something. I, I, well, <laughs> so I'm going to keep spinning. I'm going to keep losing. So all, all the rest of you out there in Vegas, go ahead and spin that wheel because I'm not getting 1000 Everybody
1: $1, gets slapped by the deck once. Okay,
2: Steve. I would suggest maybe you
3: spin the wheel the opposite direction Ooh, next time. There's a good idea. Although that what do, you, what, what do you think? You, what do you
1: think you to do, Go going there and reprogram their computers? Already? No, no, no. no. All right. Oh, I'm it's a computerized it deal,
3: Brian, or is it one where you got to actually? No, no, no oh, it's no, no, looks like don't. the big six you, wheel nah, or yeah, you, whatever. You make
1: your transaction. Oh, I'm up. loving
3: it. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> it's Vegas,
1: man. There's always action somewhere. Bing,
3: bing, 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 bing. I am a little. Sounds like my bicycle. <laughs> a
1: little, a little surprised, maybe. That the New Orleans game, that nobody, from what I'm garnering, has taken this off the board. Um, New Orleans, three and a half, some fours. At Carolina, totals 44. Six uh, coaches, a nutritionist, and one player Mm -hmm. have tested positive.
2: The player was already on IR, by the way, so it doesn't – Really affect okay. them as far okay. as a lost player this right, week. Well, the coaches, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, right? I'm just saying. I mean, and
1: they've been doing this roadshow thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the fear factor that three, four players, and maybe guys that matter in the next day or two, if something were to happen, and obviously we hope not, but just on that premise alone, I would have envisioned. A handful of books might have said, no, I guess they're not. They're not, Nobody's running to the window to bet Carolina at the moment. But if the money starts to steam, I mean, I would have thought a handful of joints might have taken this game down.
3: Maybe ninety-nine percent of the players have had the shot and/or a booster shot, Brian, or have already had COVID and they have immunity.
1: Nonetheless, though, I mean, this whole stupid thing. There are breakthrough cases, and if even if you test positive for it. You're going to miss days of practice. I mean, it, it it's going to upset their apple cart. One would think is reasonable.
2: Yeah, I I I could see some some people looking at Carolina from from that side of it. I don't think the books are going to you know you immediately take it off the board. Yeah, I, th- I think it's well, kind of, well, a, it's, well, kind well, of a, it's kind well, of a
1: wait and okay. see. Okay, well let me ask you: Has the mindset? And this is what if if this
2: if instead of assistant coaches if this was six players then I could see taking it off the board
1: yeah but I mean where there's smoke there's fire i, 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 I understand my that. my point is and maybe tell me if I'm wrong mr. Neville seven eight years ago this thing's off the board are the books more I, I don't know if aggressive is the word or it's an information era and and if the money's not. Nothing wild – there's no wild activity on that game yet. But in the past, am I wrong, as a preemptive strike, albeit COVID's a different animal, as a preemptive strike, though, I think the mindset might have been different a decade ago where that that game's off the
3: board. Well, I think what's changed a lot, Brian, is I think a decade or two ago – They were taking probably larger bets earlier in the week than what they are when they post these numbers on Sundays and Mondays. Therefore, they're taking less money. But if anyone steps to the window and has an opinion at multiple locations, I would imagine after the first uh, dump of cash, you might see people pull it off for 48 hours. But uh, I would be more worried about this traveling two weeks in a row. I think I got the answer. I'm ready. I think. I could be wrong.
1: I told you Sunday night, yeah, the, the numbers, the nope. opening numbers, I got New Orleans at three. Blink of an eye now, this thing is three and a half and four. So all the money to this point has been on New Orleans. So even if this were to be a thing, you're not taking it on the board because at the moment, conceivably, most places are looking for Carolina money. So is that... I would Possible. say that's a
2: safe assumption. Wow, how about that? That was great. Do, do
1: I get a gold star for that? Uh,
2: sort of. Detective. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the other thing is it, it, it's the information age now. So you're right. Like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even more so, we didn't have the information at our fingertips that we do now. So I think the books feel safe in that if this should become something, they're going to know about it immediately.
3: Right. And whether you're going to get, tweeted and they're going to be Twittered and everything else that's out there besides whatever they find on the internet. you, just t- you turn Twitter? Or I guess that is the internet. You, you just turn Twitter into a verb. Well, that's okay.
1: <laughs> it's fine. It, it is. probably should be. It's
2: action. Yeah. yeah. So, so if, if this really, really does become something, we're going to know about it. Like toot sweet. Let's talk about the
3: bigger picture. What happens if the NFL comes in and cancels that game? What will that send as far as a message to the rest of the league? And what kind of verbiage? Cause I haven't heard, have you heard anything from the commissioner in about the last four or five weeks? I hadn't heard anything since they had the the draft. No, we, well, the one thing with this,
1: it appears coaches and a nutritionist, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you all that stuff about forfeiting games was a smokescreen. screen. And it's, it's, it sounded good, we're sounding tough. But again, from a, a legal perspective, there is no way on God's green earth you could sit there and say, of those eight people, who's typhoid to marry? Who, who's the person that brought it in and now it's spreading? We don't and know. So you're gonna but they were gonna sit there and say, Oh, if an unvaccinated guy got it, and then the whole team, the game's afford and everybody loses their money. I mean that we've been. I've been saying that from day one. That that's a, that was them putting the Sasquatch foot down, trying to motivate guys to get a
3: vaccine. Right. But legally, there ain't no way in hell they're able yeah. to pull that off. Well, whoever made the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they all ate that day, or, you know, before the players arrived, is probably going to be the one responsible. And it might be somebody that's even, uh, you know, could,
2: over there in the kitchen. Yeah, could be a member of the food staff. We, but we... this is,
3: I would say, a little con-
1: very concerning. But it's also it tells us the stuff we talked about all summer, Stevie, that we're going to deal with this thing. Yes. And I was more of the belief that it would be a guy or two, you know, that the outbreak thing, you know, like we saw a lot in hockey. Yeah. And we had the Titans last year. In Vancouver. Couple, yeah, but mm. in the NFL, we had the Titans. Okay. Right, they had that issue for a couple of weeks. There'll be we the 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 uh, breakout. The matter, the outbreak, yeah. per se, wouldn't be that much of a thing. This is a little concerning. If you got eight guys in inside that bubble of theirs mm-hmm. that got this, Uh, you know, I the antenna's and the spidey sense goes up
3: here. Uh, here's another little supposition. Last week, weren't the uh, New Orleans Saints training? Out of town, out of town. Right. So today, there's a tropical storm over Houston and New Orleans, dumping ten to fifteen inches of rain. Yeah, they are not practicing on a football field that's three inches underwater. Where are they going to practice now, Brian, for this week's game? I, Maybe that's part of the conundrum. They won't get any practices in, and they won't get much film in.
1: By the way, I mean, you talk about your head being on a swivel again. Like, just from memory and from common sense, the Niners played the Lions. And I had not seen it or read it. And I said, there's no way. And I said, it's got to be. And I looked. Sure enough, they went down to West Virginia. They're down at the Greenbrier. And they're not flying all the way home to come back east. The Niners had done that in the past. So not only are we trying to keep tracking all this up, but where are these teams so, hey, when we talk about travel as a betting angle, don't think the teams don't know about this.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Travel's a, a betting angle. And we have seen teams from the West Coast stay on the East Coast when they've got back-to-back games there, and vice versa. And after you told me about that last year, I looked that resort up. That's a nice little location oh, to yeah. have oh, a little swank.
3: week's uh, it's for swank. a training center. Yeah, Swank is oh, that's underrating yeah, it. Oh, that that's yeah.
1: kind of on a, honestly, I mean, forget it. I mean, we, well, used to, we used to do the Myrtle Beach Golf trip with the boys, like 12, 16 guys, four foursomes, you know, go, you know, go down four day by day golf thing. Um, the Greenbrier would be on the list to do, do that. I mean, they, they do have the, the golf PGA event there. No, that looks like a yeah. swinging. Chaldo's got I a place mean, there. Bubba I mean, Watson's
2: got a place there. I think Chris Evans a place there. Mickelson was one guy. Does was, he? Okay. You know, he did a big, uh, he didn't big ad,
1: ad okay. campaign. Now, is that a, a DC
3: Beltway hangout, Brian? Uh, is that where the folks from D.C. go to hang, or is it just uh, uh, its, its own it's little, little enigma? It's its own little world,
1: but, I mean, no, they have ads for people to go there and you yeah. know, live there and the, the whole night. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, no, not, long story. i will get 50 seconds. No, years and years ago, I was covering the Bills. Chuck Knox was the coach, 1980. He took them. He was spending Ralph Wilson's money like it was going out of style. We went to Dodger Town at Vero Beach for a week. We went to uh, Stanford, Palo Alto for a week. They're getting ready to play the Niners. Yeah, these I believe those are teams that go on those road trips like that, they're like mission teams. It's a bonding thing. It's like the hockey team right. on a five-game road trip. You know, I play on those teams, make money on it. All right, coming back Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Tony Neville from TI's here. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Glad you're with us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio.
0: This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: All right. Hey, if you're coming to Vegas, when you get here, you want to get your meat hooks on a mobile app. Make your life a lot easier, convenient. Get the best of the number. Do some shopping around. And the STN mobile app, our friends at Station Casinos, they got up to a $500 sign-up bonus. By the way, Thursday we'll be over at the SuperBook at the Westgate with Jay Cornegay and the gang, Jeff Sherman and everybody over there. Uh, we got a lasso, Jeff Sherman, Stevie, the Ryder Cup. Is he going to be okay First, with that? <laughs> I didn't mean, fizz mouth. I don't know that I'm good enough to do the lasso. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I can tie the either. knot. Or the <laughs> no, but the Ryder Cup's coming up. They'll have unbelievable offerings over at the Westgate on that. There's no looking that. forward to football it. Central each and every Sunday in the theater over at the Westgate. Tony Neville from Treasure Island, kind enough to join us in studio. Series 204 Sports Group Radio Network from the KSHB Studios in Las Vegas. So, Mr. Power Ratings, how about college football? Uh, big adjustments, like Notre Dame. I i swear to God, I wasn't watching it. I'm doing the game cast thing. Right. And then I, I ended up flipping it on on the radio. But I'm watching the game cast thing, and Toledo's driving in with like a minute and a half. and Notre Dame's taking timeouts. Kelly's protecting, you know, leave himself some time. And they're like at about the 25-yard line or whatever. And in my head, it's like, I wonder if. I wonder if they'd let him score. I And I never saw the play. But I'm sitting there going, you know, take all the time off the clock. Don't leave him any time. And the kid from Toledo busts one. And the kid lays down at the 3 you, you know, you, you kneel there, you take, Notre Dame's out of timeouts. Third down, you run it, you try to get it in. If not, kick the field goal, go home, you leave no time. They score, left Notre Dame time, they lose. I, you know, this sport, I swear, it drives me nuts that the game situations and the things that should be thought of in the moment are afterthoughts. You have to think of this stuff before it happens. yeah I watch these games, I swear, it's like the most torturous episode of I Love
2: Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and we have seen it enough now that they've got those films that they can show those players and go, okay, in this spot, here's what we want to do for this reason. Let me show you why we're doing this. You can take nothing for granted. I mean, the Raiders, you know, get
1: a false start on the two-inch line. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, nothing. if the kid fumbles the snap and the and the, the chip shot field goes no good, uh, that's hindsight. The other way, you know, the other team can't beat you.
2: Correct. Well, again, last night, uh you know, Eli Manning says, Don't go hard count here. Sure enough, to go hard oh, count, you get By the, the way, we never told that start.
1: story. Eli, uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, I guess it was on ESPN2. Yeah. They're watching the game and they're sitting there just yapping away. And they had Ray Lewis. I watched a little right. bit of it. It was the end. And it was really interesting them watching the game, things they've experienced in the past, things they would do, or what the team is actually doing. And. The one thing you're not getting is the call of the game. Right. You're getting, you know, and there's something to be said for the crowd noise and and the call of the game. But I did watch a pretty juicy amount of time and thought it was really, really exceptionally well done and an interesting thing. But you were watching it for the most part all the way through. Yes. You're
2: telling me Eli Manning called the false start at the end of the game on the goal line? So he says before the play as they're on the goal line he says now do not go hard count here you've got a rookie offensive lineman and he will jump he said that he said that before the play sure enough hard count the guy jumped
1: <laughs> wow yeah, spot on good for him
2: yeah and they, and they by the way th- th- those two guys really smart i also like tony romo on the cbs broadcast they will read the defense before the play tell you what's going what's going to happen i love that I love the insight that those guys provide. Ray Lewis was doing a lot of that on the
1: Ravens defense. He yes. knew exactly what they were doing. Exactly.
2: No, I, I, I love that. So I, I watched the whole thing because I found it very – now they're they all so glib. They also have a good sense of humor. So that was entertaining. I, I, I get what you're saying about it. I missed the play-by-play in the in the a little bit, but – but, again, that insight, I learned something last night by watching that. It was really informative.
3: I think it's very important, too. I mean, most people just turn on the TV and listen to the broadcast on the TV. And if that's what you want to do, that's great. I remember back in the day with Howard Cosell, we would all turn off the sound on the TV and then listen to the <laughs> ra- radio feed. Yeah. Right, Hank Stram was great. Right, but did. but you got to find who has the knowledge and who oh, doesn't. I'm uh, listening
1: to the Notre Dame broadcast. Right? So yeah. Notre Dame gets the touchdown to go up a point with like a minute to go. All right. They're up a point. What do you do? You're up a point. You scored a touchdown. You go up
2: a point. A minute to go. A minute to go. You go for two. You go you for want, two. You want it to be three.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> the colored guy in the Notre Dame, I like this call. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So does the free world. Yeah. I mean, I was like, of course you go. where It's math. It's interesting you bring up Notre Dame. The guy who was really good at Notre Dame is now the GM here for Vegas. Mike Mayock was fantastic. Again, the, 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 the insight of some of these guys. And then, not that I don't like Troy Aikman, but he seems afraid to criticize anybody. If, if, if it calls for criticism, criticize him. It, I, I think that's fair. But, he, you know, some of these guys who get up in the booth don't want to insult People that they played with or against or whatever. So and of course back. that that's believable
3: to understand why they wouldn't. I, they don't want to step it. on someone no, else's it. credibility because they've all worked in the industry.
2: Right. I, I I get it, but but I I also really really appreciate the guys who aren't afraid to tell you exactly how they feel because because again they played the game I didn't, so they know stuff that I don't. I want to learn. Yeah, you need good color commentator. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, on on Monday nights, I, I I would you know give it a, if even if you do what Brian did in and out, but uh, but give the two Manning brothers a a listen for a little bit on Monday nights. I, I found it really really informative.
1: By the way, way, speaking of Mayock, you and I had this discussion. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, you and I were having this discussion yesterday. That how amazing he this guy was, on the draft. Give me him times. You know, right. the best yes. in terms of how he broke guys down, the information he disseminated. Right. Not so much the way he picks. Correct. You and I had this discussion yesterday that like, you can't miss on a top five pick, and you can believe in what you want to believe in, you know, and, and that's fine, and you're, it's your job. You know, you can have a, a second-round grade on a, you know, a third-round draft pick or something, and but you don't you don't go swinging for the fences at four. You miss on a top-five pick, that sets an organization back decades. I mean, no knock on the poor guy, but I mean the Pharrell kid. It's not his fault that Mayo took him four overall. Yeah. But like, what are you doing? Yeah. And here's a guy who was the fourth overall pick in the 2019 draft is a healthy scratch
2: yeah. in the opener. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I mean, so what do you make it at? Well, he's. Mayock has done this more than once with the Raiders, taking a guy who was, you know, a, a third or a fourth round uh, thought to be selection grade, right, and then and then drafted him a round or two higher, and and to me, what you, to do it if you do it once, and 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 even if you miss, you, you took a shot because that's what that's what your draft guys told you. That's fine. He's done it multiple years now, and. What I think is happening, and as I watch the Raiders, the, 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 there's, you know, the talent there, to me, is, is a little lacking, is that if you do that more than once, now the guy that you should have taken in the second round, you don't get, and so now you replace. Instead of getting a second round and a third round guys, you're getting two third round guys, and he's done it multiple times, so now your depth is no good. That, that, that's what I see happening here with, with him, with the Raiders. Because, again, he's done it more than once. You look at the Raiders, though. I mean, they picked that kid out of Buffalo, the
3: defensive end. They had Amari Cooper. But, you know, over the last 15 years, it feels like the Raiders haven't had a good draft in a long, 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 long time. And it's starting to feel like a tradition instead (laughs) of an exception. And hopefully we can get that thing turned around here. Because, like you say, unless you're going to rebuild through free agency, uh, a a draft pick, one or two in the top three rounds, somebody's got to make it. Uh, I don't know what's happened with our defensive backs. I mean, it seemed like for three years in a row we picked defensive back, defensive backs. Either they get traded or they leave or well, me, whatever else. Let me give him
1: give him some marks on the one thing. Henry Ruggs had the one play, and he will he gives you that ability to go over the top and can strike. But in terms of winning battles and being a consistent, reliable guy, he's all—he's an all-or-nothing guy. Mm-hmm. Let's give them some credit because a difference maker in that win last night was the third-round pick, Brian Edwards. Mm-hmm. Because Edwards thought he had the game-winning touchdown before they messed it up. But Edwards was the key guy that they had the two big catches on the drive to tie the game. Where, where was he all game? Yeah. And then with the game on the line, he stayed stepping up and making every big play. I mean, you know, Zay Jones gets the winning touchdown, but he was kind of a vapor trail the whole game. I would watch for this Edwards kid to be a real component of what they do moving forward. And And, let's
3: give these young guys two or three years to develop into full-grown men, too. Let's not short-sell them early on. It may not feel so good now, but we may be eating crow here two years from now when they become, you know, muscled up and and learn the playbook inside and out.
1: Power ratings-wise, adjustments, college football, NFL. Anything come to mind that really, really was eye popping to you? Said I, ah, I better be watching these guys closely.
3: Well, you know, put the numbers up on Sunday, make some slight adjustments. Uh, there weren't that many big changes because uh, I try not to o- overcompensate. I know for me, the hard- hardest thing is. I know Don Best is great for getting the injuries, putting these college numbers up, and we do that on Tuesday. It's tough for me. I spent all night last night going through all the injuries, and so much of it is a day-to-day kind of situation, and I really need to find out from a more reliable source who's definitely not playing the upcoming weekend. That makes it really tough, and that's why you see the number move uh, a point and a half to three and a half point on these college numbers and college totals, Brian. How... I mean,
1: let's cut to the chase. I mean, it's it's a it's a game of chess. How often do things fall through the cracks? Go, dog gun, and I, I, I miss we, that one fell through the cracks on me.
3: Well, the gamblers let me know real quick which ones. Yeah, the <laughs> they do. Yeah, they crack my pocketbook open <laughs> and take some of Mr. Ruffin's money. But we, you know, you, you got so many other people in so many other locations working to the common goal. Mm-hmm. We hope that cumulatively that we can stay just on par with the betters. But the betters are usually you know, a sixteenth of a, of an inch in front of us, and that means a couple of hundred bills.
1: I mean, literally, in a weird way, to, to a degree, part of what you do, and I'm trying to think of what the... Uh, you mean, kind of like an air traffic controller, or maybe, you know, you're in, in the uh, the metro facility with all the cameras, and you're watching everything that's going all around town and trying to protect yourself, and, you know, you're watching that odd screen, and when something goes... It piques your interest to the point I mean, that that odd screen is like your lungs, right? That's your oxygen tank.
3: Think of it as the late 60s, early 70s. As a betting commune, is what I'm within here in the Vegas Valley. We're looking at the outsiders on the outside that may want to come in, but they're the ones that are dictating to us what we have to do to continue our livelihood. You're the sun, young moon of sports books. I wouldn't go quite that far. Okay. Um, you know, Mr. Natural might have been fit in there somewhere, <laughs> you know, the paper of my <laughs> No, so I,
1: why, right do I, why do I think Stevie's act would play well in a commune?
3: <laughs> I think he's got it down pat. He understands the
2: philosophy. I, I love stuff. The other people doing all my stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit there and find learn. out who's yeah. the best at what they do. I tell you what, my
3: hats off to forget it. Chris Andrews out there at the South Point. Great job on the college and the pros. You know, there's guys all across this town. Jeff Sherman with the golf. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, no. I mean, everybody has their specialties. There's no getting around it. All right, it's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Coming back to put a lid on it. Series 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network.
0: This is the Sports
1: Grid Radio Network. All right, we're back to put a lid on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Tony Neville's here. Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook, and Sports Bar. Come to Vegas, you're down on the Strip. Swing by there, the food's great, the book is awesome. And what a time of year. With all the football going on. The Ryder Cup's coming. The playoffs in NASCAR. Hockey and hoops are not far away. There's just so much going on. So we invite you to stop by and see Tony over there. The place is jumping. I, I forgot the big one. You and I are going to be going nuts. I, by the way, can I put my... Watch me back him into a corner here. here, Can I put my reservation in for the Breeders' Cup now?
3: Well, you know what, Brad? I'm glad you mentioned Breeders' Cup because there's a chance there may be a horse handicapping championship Over there at the Treasure Island, Golden Circle Racing Sportsbook, on the Friday, November 5th, Okay. everything has not been resolved yet as far as the details, but there may be a handicapping championship on Friday, and then that's the first day of the Breeders' Cup, and then a full day of... Solid horse racing on Saturday when they run the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, you let me know how many seats, and I will make sure you, Steve, and any of your other comrades. Oh, no, I think
1: several guys were. I've said, you know what, Breeders' Cup's coming. A uh, fun day. Got, I got us a place to go. Well, and, let, it, just let me know.
3: Give that, me the name so the, we can get the seating chart ready no, to oh, go. No,
1: buddy, let me tell you something. I mean, that joint is swinging in for the horse racing fans. You take care of them in a big way. That's a that's a big day. It's, it's going to be great. Delmar, two big
3: days. And my boss two. loves horse racing. That's the best news. He sits there and plays with the players.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you could come to Treasure Island just stand 10 feet behind... Mr. Ruffin, who knows? Maybe some money will fall out of his pocket. You know, Who knows? Maybe he'll give you
3: a winner. He's very successful. Oh, he's very good at
1: it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, buddy, it is always a treat. It's good to see you. How's the hip? How are you feeling?
3: Everything's perfect. Wife's off to Mexico, and it's me and the three-legged dog. Hooray for a few weeks. <laughs> what? What?
1: Okay. I always ask, God bless the dog, do you call him Tripod?
3: No, we call him Shadow. He, uh... Little gray dog, but you know what? Uh, I want to tell everybody, make plans to come see our museum over there at Treasure Island. Tony Neville, he's the
1: man. Scott Farrell's next on the network. We've got Vegas Hockey Hotline locally. We'll play it back again
0: tomorrow. Sports Info is everywhere. We cut through all the clutter and bring you actionable insights.